from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Joe's podcast episode 246 behind the scenes i'm your host ryan and welcome back everyone yes it has been a while since we've done a behind the scenes episode uh normally what happens when we record an episode is uh as soon as the skype call starts uh we the recorder starts recording the anything we talk about and then in post-production i remove that information use it for blackmail or for holding people hostage and ransom and things like that. Uh, but in reality, what happens is it, it just stays on the cutting room floor. Sometimes I'm able to use it for, uh, after the episode's over, some additional information, uh, things we talked about, things like that, that kind of came up that I thought would be good for listeners to use. But most of the time it's just us kind of just talking about whatever and uh, getting like items ready for the show and things like that. Um, like what are we going to talk about? Who's going to go first? Things like that. Um, or sometimes just waiting around for somebody to join. And then we're just kind of catching up with each other while we're doing that. It's really not all that interesting. Uh, and then there's times too, where it's, there's sensitive information. So like we might be talking about our jobs or things like that. And that's not something I want to be putting out on the airwaves. However, this time we actually do have, I actually do have a couple things that I wanted to share with you guys. So just recently, uh, for both of these, just recently I recorded with uh, Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers where we interviewed Joe Alves. And if you don't, who, don't know who Joe Alves is, uh, number one, you should go listen to that episode. Uh, you can just type in Joe Alves, A-L-V-E-S, uh, Pop Culture Leftovers. And you'll find the episode. It is well worth listening to. This is the guy who designed the shark for Jaws. And then he also worked as a director on Jaws 3. He worked on Jaws 2. Uh, he was very involved in Jaws 1. He also did work on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He has a 
laundry list of amazing stuff that he has worked on over the years that is absolutely incredible to check out. Um, so definitely worth checking out that episode, uh, because, and especially maybe before even listening to this episode, only because uh, what I have for you guys is after we were done with the interview, uh, and just to let you know who was interviewing him, uh, there was Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers, there was myself, uh, there was Dan West, from uh, who's been on Pop Culture Leftovers many times, but he also has the Brute Force and Ignorance podcast, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And then uh, there's Scott Schutte, who is from Tales from the Yard, which is a spinoff of the Pop Culture Leftovers, the Leftover Army podcast that they have, So where they talk about a lot of other pop culture things and everything else. So um, so it was really cool to be on with those guys. I was very honored uh, and uh, to be able to be part of that interview. Uh, again, just hearing the stories that Joe has is well worth going and checking out. But after the episode was over... Uh, we kept talking. Uh, we were just talking about what a cool experience that was and everything else. And then uh, stories kind of came out talking about different things, our different experiences with the various movies. Um, and I actually got to tell a creepy story about a situation I had with the Exorcist movie. Um, so uh, it was very entertaining. It was a lot of fun. I actually reached out to Brian and said, hey, I've got this, you know, my, my recorder just records everything. So I have this extra material at the end would you want it for like a future installment of pop culture leftovers or anything like that? And he was like, no, but if you want to use it to release on star Joe's is like a behind the scenes thing, then, you know, by all means go right ahead. So that's what I'm doing here is, uh, and I think we talked for, I don't know how long, maybe 20, 30 minutes, something like that. Um, and then, uh, and what I'm going to do also is if you go to starjoes.com under this episode, I will have a link to the Joe Alves interview so you can listen to that and find it very easily. Um, but, uh, the other thing that's on this episode is, uh, I had Joel Jackson on not that long ago where we were talking about the stealth hammer Kickstarter and I'll kind of give you guys an update about that very soon. Um, and after the episode, so that episode, we had Robert on, and Robert had to leave by around 11 o'clock. He had family in town and everything else, and he told them, like, look, this is very important. I'm on this podcast. Um, this comic is extremely important to my friend. We already made plans and arrangements and every, everything else. Um, so I appreciate that Robert still was able to uh, come on that night and record with us for a couple hours. And he said, the only thing is, he's like, I have to be done by 11 o'clock. So, um, we got to 11, it was maybe a couple minutes after 11 and we, uh, wrapped up and, and we were done. But, uh, Joel was still fine. Just like him and I were just talking and everything else. And we, cause one of the things we were going to talk about was we were going to talk about the GI Joe classified line and, uh, some things going on with that. And then, so him and I kind of talked about that for a little while. And then we also talked about just toys and collecting in general and, and just kind of went on a lot of different tangents and it was a lot of fun. And even in that segment there, I said to Joel, I was like, I might just put this out as part of the episode. Um, and Joel's like, yeah, might as well. And so I didn't do it for that episode because I wanted to work through it and just make sure there was nothing, again, nothing sensitive in there or anything like that. Um, so I've done that with this episode. 
uh, and uh, put it out there for you guys to hear. So this way you guys can also get an idea of who Joel is. I know you got to hear the episode of him talking about the comic and his background and probably got a very good feel for what he's like, but hearing him on a more candid level where it wasn't like he was prepared to put his best foot forward, I think you'll be able to hear that he is just like one of us. He's, you know, he's a, a fandom of all these things that we grew up with. He is a fan of comics and art and, um, and like I said, all these toys. I know he's a huge Masters of the Universe fan. He's a huge Transformers fan and stuff like that. So it's fun to hear him talk about this type of stuff in a more behind the scenes aspect. Uh, and you guys will get a good idea as far as why, like I really clicked with him and felt like he, not only because of his artwork being exactly what I was looking for, but his, uh, who he is as a person, uh, was also something that just really gelled well with, with me and, uh, with what I was wanting to do. Um, so with what I was wanting to do, uh, to give you guys an update as of this recording, we are, uh, currently over our goal, which is amazing. Uh, and I cannot thank all of you enough. All those of you who are out there who backed the project, who shared the link or who really just wish the best for us. Like, uh, you know, some people just aren't that public or that vocal to, to really share things. They might not be on social media. Uh, they might not be having the funds to, to back the project. I totally get that, uh, in any environment, not just in the, this 2020 pandemic craziness, but any year, some people just, it's tough for them. Um, and I totally get that. It, and that's why I like having these shows free out there for people because I want entertainment out there for anyone that could be enjoying it. So, uh, if you back the project, thank you. Uh, if you shared the project, thank you. And again, if you just wished us well, hoping that we would make it, uh, to make, have this dream come true, uh, thank you as well. Uh, as of right now of this recording, we are at 162 backers, which is awesome. Uh, we have, uh, $9,345 in total pledges, uh, versus a goal of 8,500. So we are about $800 over goal, uh, which is awesome. Uh, I can assure you anyone that's listening, uh, that knows me or doesn't know me a hundred percent of this money is going into the project. So when it comes to, I didn't want to put anything out there like stretch goals or anything like that, because this is my first time doing Kickstarter. This is my first time creating a comic book. Uh, well, it's not my first time doing Kickstarter. The first time was last year, and we weren't successful. But this is my first time having a successful Kickstarter. And there was a lot of things I had to estimate because I don't know what things are going to cost me. So I had to estimate shipping costs because as much as I might know how much shipping will cost per item and everything else, um, and you can figure all that stuff out, I really don't know because it's an est you estimate. Like, I'm going to be sending things out um, the most secure way possible, but also the most cost effective way possible where I can still know you you got what you, what you had ordered. Um, but I didn't know how many backers I was going to have and how many things I was going to have to mail out or anything like that. So it, it is all an estimate when you're figuring out shipping. It's also an estimate when you're figuring out taxes and fees, like, um, Kickstarter takes a 3% fee. Uh, so, you figure out how much you have and then take 3% of that away. And that's what Kickstarter gets. 
um, that's an estimate too, because you don't know where you're going to finish. Like you can do a, a hard number based on the 8,500, but you don't know how much over that you're going to be. So uh, you also don't know how much taxes are going to be. That's an estimate as well. Um, because there's a lot of factors you don't know. Number one, you don't know where you're going to finish at. You don't know how much you're going to be able to deduct from what your costs were. Uh, like, you know, hey, I, yeah, I got all of this money and I owe taxes on it, but here's where that money went. So am I allowed to claim some of those things? And, uh, and I've reached out to my tax person to kind of get some ideas and everything else, but I don't know how much I'm going to have to pay back in taxes really at the end of the year. So being over goal is a fantastic thing and it gives us some breathing room and that's awesome because uh, I need the breathing room. Also, there's other expenses that come up. So uh, give you another example is Joel did this amazing pinup of uh, Ari the elf being uh, riding on Watts, being chased by Tokolosh and the Baba Yaga and everything. And he drew God, it has to be a, a, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 100 Tokolosh in the background, just chasing them down. Uh, it looked, it's a lot. Um, and he drew each one individually, and, and they all have different gadgets, and, and they're just hilarious. There's a lot of references in there. It's something to behold. It's something to really take a look at and take in. Uh, it reminds me of like a George Perez drawing where there's just a lot to see, but it's all detailed, and it's, it's really awesome. Well, that is quite, number one, was quite the undertaking for him, uh, but he chose to draw draw all that. Um, but then it's quite the undertaking for the colorist then to color all that. And so I sent that to Ross and I was like, look, I know this is a lot. Um, so let's talk about what this is going to cost because his regular rate just wasn't worthy of, of that much work that was going to have to go into it. Like he basically would be losing money with the amount of time he was going to have to put into this. So so I'm paying him extra to take care of that particular piece so it can look amazing for those that can that will see it in the comic and it'll look amazing for those that get it on the, the mini prints and everything else. Um, so he's working on that one right now, actually. So, um, But it's, it's an awesome feeling to know that you reached your goal. It's an awesome feeling to know you surpassed your goal. So this way you do have some breathing room. Now, that being said, if once we start putting all this stuff together and everyone gets paid and I go, Oh look, I've got a lot of extra money. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to need any of this or I'm not going to need all of this for taxes and shipping and things like that. Um, then I'm going to put the money back into the project. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, maybe we'll do some stickers. Like I mentioned before, uh, on one of the episodes, I don't know if it was ours or not, but like I removed stickers as a cost to help bring the goal down because last time we had stickers in the, in the rewards and stickers cost a lot. I don't know if you know that or not, but uh, you have to order at least a minimum of X amount of stickers. We were doing die cut ones and we were doing like four different ones and it ended up being like an extra $700 in cost. And it was like, that's going to be a lot. So, uh, so we removed the stickers and, you know, hey, maybe if I find myself with an extra $150, $200 above and beyond, maybe we'll make some stickers and it'll go out in everyone's rewards that uh, did a physical reward. So, you know, it could be something like that. It could be uh, if we're significantly over our goal, maybe we'll do a couple extra pages in the comic and everyone will benefit from that. So I don't know where we're going to finish right now with where we're finishing at. 
it really just does give us some buffer room to take care of some of the expenses and make sure that we have enough to cover everything. Uh, as I had mentioned before, none of this is going into my pocket. This is all going towards the project. I did not make any money from doing this comic. This was a passion project, something I always wanted to do. Um, now, once it's produced, it will go to publishers and we'll see what we can do as far as making it into something where I can uh, have it be uh, a project where I am making money from it, but it's also something that uh, that I love doing. So, uh, But it it was a dream come true to do this. I am eternally grateful. There is still time, so if you have not backed it yet, you have till 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on on Monday, August 24th. So I'm going to be putting this episode together, getting it out as fast as I possibly can today. So if you're one of the early listeners uh, between now and Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and you still want to back it, uh, we have rewards as low as $5, all the way up to the reward from... Uh, Robert, which is the alternate, the original art for the alternate cover, which is $500. But there's a ton of stuff in between. Some of the uh, rewards that we didn't really get to highlight a lot of when we talked with Robert, because again, we were kind of pressed for time. Uh, there is the uh, starter uh, pack, which is you get the uh, the comic on with the regular cover, you get the comic with the alternate cover. Uh, which is the one that Robert did. Joel did the main cover, and you should see that on the Kickstarter. It looks incredible. Um, and then there is um, uh, there's a bookmark that you'll get that my wife and I are going to design using the artwork. And then there is uh, four mini prints that you receive as well. And these will feature uh, the... Right now, my thought is they'll feature the two covers um, and then the two pinups. Um, and... I, those are just going to be amazing things to see. So um, there's a lot of detail in them and everything else, and I think they're awesome. They'll make great prints for everybody. Um, and then uh, another one is uh, you can also have those signed. There's an extra upcharge for that, but everything will be signed. They'll be, you know, if you get the variant, since you'd be getting the variant cover, Robert would be signing the variant, and Joel and myself would be signing that one, and then Joel and myself would be signing the main cover. So you'd get two issues with autographs on them uh if you'd like that there's also uh a 50 dollar level one that is the origin of a hero unfortunately i did name two rewards the same thing but they're different prices and you get different things so i had put origin of the hero twice so i apologize for that but there is different dollar amounts and they specifically say what you're getting for each one but the origin of the hero at the $50 mark gets you everything I just mentioned plus the original script. So uh, I have a limited number of these and uh, it'll be the original script that I wrote out uh, with uh, on very nice quality paper uh, and it'll have little side commentary notes. So I'm going to actually take the script, write things along the, the border, the margins and everything else about things about the characters uh, that I was trying to convey or things about them that you might want to know, uh, changes that were made uh, from the script, what you see in the script versus the final page, things that Joel added and why why we added them. So it's not just, oh, hey, Joel added this. And, you know, it's like, why were these things added? Um, you know, and a lot of times it's because him and I had conversations about he would draw a little sketch. I'm like, oh, I like that. So then he'd put it in there. And then he would uh, embellish it and make it really work for the story that we were telling. So 
all of these types of things will be in there. There, uh, you know, origins of the characters and everything else. Uh, there might be little notes and stuff like that. So that will then be scanned in and printed off, like I said, a nice quality paper and sent out to you along with the rest of your um, rest of your rewards. Um, and then there is the other origin of a hero, which is the hundred dollar one. And this is the one that I really highly recommend uh, if you haven't uh, if if you have the money to back this one uh, because we're doing a nice hardcover book. So everything I mentioned, other than the script, so all you know the the cover, the variant cover, the bookmark, and the uh, four prints, plus this hardcover behind the scenes book. It's the art of Stealth Hammer. So what you're going to see here is you're going to there'll be. Uh, images of the very original commission piece that I've talked about many times that sparked the whole thing. Uh, we're going to have that in there. Uh, we're going to have some of the concept art. So things that Alexandra drew that I have still files of and stuff that Joel drew that I have files of, uh, the original pages, some roughs, things like that will all be in there. Plus, uh, character sheets will be in there. Uh, plus you're going to see, the progression of a page uh, at least once or twice in there I'm going to have where you get to see it from rough sketches to all the way to the uh, final colored page so and that's a really cool transition because you get to see the roughs you get to see the the pencil and inked work you get to see the the flatting that's done there's two stages with the flatting and then you get to see the final colors and I'll have uh, throughout all of this stuff I will have very detailed information so more so than you get even on the commentary script you get detailed information about the characters the story what sparked the origin thoughts of a certain certain character there'll probably even be some photos because i know i have Ari the elf came from a, a a actual plush thing that i found in iceland so i'm gonna i'll have a, a nice picture of him in there of what the original doll looked like uh and then uh, you know, probably some photos from Iceland that kind of sparked how certain things would look uh, on, in some of the images, uh, some of the things that we used along the way. So there's going to be very detailed description. So it's not just going to be this picture art book, but there's also going to be a lot of detail behind the scenes. Of course, the highlight is going to be the artwork. So it's not going to be like uh, 8,000 words of text and then this little itty bitty picture. Um, nothing like that. It's going to be uh, really highlighting the the art and then giving you some descriptions. So think of the, um, what is it, the DK books that are out there for like Star Wars and a bunch of other things where you get to see some really cool images that really stand out. And then you get like these blurbs and par little paragraphs and everything else that really describe what you're seeing and where it came from and everything else. So, uh, and in that too, you get... Uh, some uh, background and ideas of where the story's going to go because there's some things that are just, we didn't want to cram too much into this one issue. Uh, I didn't want to do a Spider-Man three thing where I'm trying to cram six issues into one issue, you know, where they, they were trying to cram three movies into one movie. Um, so there's things as far as, you know, giving you guys backgrounds on, uh, some of the other characters that you see in the pinup. So I'll give you some background on Baba Yaga. I'll give you some background about the goddess and some of the other characters that appear up in that pinup. Where we're going with the story, give you some background of as far as Jamie's grandmother and things like that. All these things are will be giving you clues as to where we're going to go with the story, where we want to go with the story, 
And that's what we'll be taking the publisher saying, here's where the story's going. Here's where this character progresses from this point of this issue. Um, here's characters that we're going to be introducing and, and everything else. So um, I think that that book is going to be well worth the money. Like I said, it's going to be a hardcover. And uh, I'm going to put everything I can into that. And my wife's a graphic designer, as I've mentioned many times. So she's going to help me make sure that it looks as professional as it possibly could. Um, she has been a great support throughout this entire project of giving me feedback on things and, and helping me tweak things and everything else. So, um, I know that her and I together working on this, uh, will be, uh, will be awesome. It'll definitely produce an amazing product for you. So remember also that if you did back the project and you decide that, Maybe by listening to some of the things I mentioned here that you want to change it to something else. Maybe you do want this hardcover book that I'm talking about and you did the uh, starter pack and you have the money to do the, the hardcover book where you get everything plus that hardcover book. Um, you can go in and manage your pledge. So you can actually change the amount that you're backing us for. So you can go in there and, and there's actually a button that says manage your pledge. And you go in there, click it, and you can actually change which reward you're getting. Um, so that's a really cool uh, feature that, you, like I said, it's not too late to get some of these things if you really want it. Um, and uh, yeah, so keep on the lookout of what's going on with the Stealth Hammer page. I am very excited that this comic is going to be made. Um, I've related this to a team winning their conference. So like I've had a lot of people say, you must be so excited. You must be so happy and proud. And I'm like, I totally am. And I am eternally grateful for everybody that backed us. Um, but it is like a, a sports team winning their conference championship. You know, you, you won, you, you know, we've reached our goal. We can celebrate. Then the next day we have to start working towards the finals. Uh, so, so as much as I am relieved and as much as I'm happy that we reached that goal and I absolutely want to celebrate, um, I also know that the real work needs to, to happen now that we'll have the money to do it. So now the pages have to be made the book has to be put together. It has to be sent to the printer. Then we have to get the rewards out to everyone. And then once all that's done, then it's a matter of getting it to uh, publishers out there and maybe even getting it out to publishers uh, around the same time that the rewards are going out, you know, try to get stuff to them as early as possible uh, so they can check it out. And, uh, but yeah, so that's where we are with everything. I've got a lot of work ahead of me. Uh, Joel's got a lot of work ahead of him. Ross has a lot of work ahead. Dave Sharp, uh, Evan Evans, his daughter Lacey, my wife, all of us have a lot of work to do to really produce something amazing for you guys. Um, if you didn't notice it on the Kickstarter, our goal is to get it to you guys by March of next year. Um, we have some buffer months built into it. If there's any delays, we of course will update you uh, through the Kickstarter project. You'll get an email letting you know uh, that there's a delay in what caused it or anything like that. Uh, we will keep you informed throughout the whole process, so it's not you won't only get an update if there's a delay. You'll get updates when uh, certain things are done. Maybe I'll show another page or a, a panel from a page or something like that, just to kind of keep you guys informed as far as where we are in the process. And because uh, you guys are all part of this journey, like you guys helped us get there, you're helping us uh, create this thing. So I'm very excited about all this. Um, there's also just let you know one other reward that's out there last time it went really quickly and this time there's still a few spots available uh, is being in the comic itself so there is a bus driver uh, two police officers and two men in black type characters 
We don't have plan what these characters are going to look like. We've had two people already back it at this level. It is a higher level. It's at $250. And I know that can be very tough for, for some people out there. Some people it's not. Um, but it's, uh, and last time we did it at 200, the reason I increased it a, a bit was, uh, a couple reasons. One is I looked to see what other people had, at, uh, something like this for their reward level. And there, most of them started at 350, 400, $500. And, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about like known creators, which I kind of get that, but I'm talking about just people like me who are just trying to create it. They have it at that level. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go that crazy, but here's, you know, we can increase it a bit. The other reason is because I'm also uh, going to be giving you credit in the comic. So in that front page where you see all the credits, uh, for the people before it was just going to be your likeness and your likeness was going to be in there and it's kind of up to you to tell people, Hey, this is actually me. Um, so what we're doing this time is inside the actual inside cover credits, your name will be listed for that character. So this way you have hundred percent proof that that's, that, that is you in there. Um, and then we've also, uh, I know it's not on the reward and that was my mistake for not putting it on there, but you will get that hardcover book. Um, in there and you'll also get the copy of the script. So both of those things will be in that level. So I'm trying to give you every dollar amount possible for that. So you, you have to figure uh, being in the comic itself is about a little over a hundred some dollars because everything else puts you a little bit over a hundred some dollars. So, um, so I, I feel like it's a really good price uh, to be featured in a comic that's going to be seen by quite a few people. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are, those are the rewards we uh, still have left that are like limited rewards. Um, but e even anything you do, if you can do the $5 for the digital, that's amazing. Cause you're going to receive that. We do have a coloring book, uh, digital coloring book, which is, uh, we're going to be putting together a bunch of the pages that we think would be great for coloring. Some of the, uh, concept art and everything else that would be great for coloring, is all going to be put together in a digital PDF format that will be uh, sent to you as a PDF that you can then print out and color if you wish to. If you can take a PDF and color it digitally, that is you're totally welcome to do that as well. Um, Robert also mentioned that it makes for a cool like artist edition uh, if you just like seeing the inked work without the coloring in there, which I am all in favor of that. I love seeing that type of stuff too. Um, so it's it works for that as well. Um, so that we have a level just for that, uh, which that is $12 plus shipping. And then, uh, that coloring book would be in every reward after that, after that level. Um, but yeah, we, like I said, we have a whole bunch of different rewards. Uh, I hope that you'll check them out if you haven't already, if you are able to do more than what you originally did, maybe you backed it really early and then you kind of forgot about it and you're like, Oh, you know what? I can actually do this level instead by all means, go ahead and do that. Cause like I said, if we can do more, I'm absolutely going to do more for you guys. I'm going to put everything I can into the project, but sincerely, thank you so much. Uh, I cannot thank you all enough for, like I said, all the shares, all the support and everything else. I am so glad that we are going to, that we are hitting this goal and that this comic will be made. And then we can see where we go from there. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to the behind the scenes stuff. I hope you guys enjoy and take care because I'm going to close now instead of at the end. <laughs> um, we'll just trail off with some music at the end or something like that. But we'll go ahead and close now by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.
All right. You guys still there? Yeah. 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 yeah I removed that from the call. We were on like some kind of like holding pattern. Yeah. Some, <laughs> yeah. He transferred us into some kind of like, I don't know, meeting chat thing or something. <laughs> uh, so. Wow, that was that was crazy. I, I was texting Brian like, "This is fucking awesome." I, yeah. If I didn't even ask any more questions, I just got to listen to him. Oh my god! Yeah, I was texting my wife and my friends and going, "This." <laughs> they all knew I was doing this, and I was like, "This guy is amazing. He is super nice and has some amazing stories." When you started um, going, I you know talking about Forbidden Planet, I'm like about ready to come in my pants. I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, that was great." I mean, honestly, I better not dude, tell him that. That question, when you asked him that question about his early career and stuff, I was like, that's so cool. And I was like, I was just thinking that's such a good question because yeah. I know, I know his history and everything. And the yeah. fact, and I was like, he's going to drop so many fucking bombs right now. Right. <laughs> like, it was Disney, incredible. Hitchcock, Elvis. I, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Right. I just wanted John. him to talk about himself for a little bit, right? He's got to get so sick of talking about Jaws. He's, and you know, he just won a lifetime achievement. Like, what, how'd you get into film? Boom, Elvis. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That was a great question. Oh, you guys did fucking oh. fantastic. All of Thanks, you. Thanks, man. That was Thanks. good. Um, I, I would say as well, I mean, if you're going to do a, like, you can do like an out, outro thing that we're saying about the competition and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, maybe, maybe give the, I mean, he plugged the book enough, but he also has artwork and stuff on his website, which is just yeah. com. And he, you can buy the book there. Um, you can buy illustrations and storyboards and pictures. And you get to buy the picture that uh, Ryan was talking about. Yeah, I was to say that's where I saw the picture was on his send website. Me the, yeah. Send me the link to that, and I'll add it to the show notes. You got it. I'll do it right now. Those storyboards on that website are fucking incredible. And mm-hmm. they're signed, too. For 50 bucks? Yeah. yeah. Shit. There you go. It's in the Skype chat. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to do it on the show, but I was like, he's getting tired. He's 84. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he's starting to wind down there. But, I mean, he I, I was surprised that we got an that hour and 15 with him. I was going to say, that yeah. was longer than I was expecting. I was thinking maybe half hour, sure. 45 minutes, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like, I don't know, guys. Like, hopefully, hopefully this company that contacted me will be happy with this and will get to do more of these yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, I would, I would maybe suggest doing a little bit of editing at the end just to cut out the awkward silences. Oh no, I'm gonna keep it all in. <laughs> oh shit! I, I, I don't think we were awkward silent that much. Maybe twice. I didn't feel. No, like it was that. literally I'll, just at the end. I'll look. Yeah. yeah, I'll go over the end and I'll see. It was really clear that he was done, and we didn't know how to end it. But I think that was it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I could have talked to him all day. I wanted to know what he was most proud of, but. I'll save it for the next time Brian's nice enough to let me talk yeah. to heroes of cinema. Fuck me. Holy shit. <laughs> right. And I had, a, I had a relatively shitty ass day. Thanks, Brian. You made my day a whole lot better. Oh, Scott, awesome. You know, I fucking love you. I know you do. And Brian, once you release the episode, are you fine if I take like five minutes of it or something like that just to, to plug it on this next Star Joe's episode then? By all means, do that. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I can send you the. I can if you want well, me to. I'll just. I can send you whatever. And yeah, well, my thing automatically records too. So. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can so, ever you'd like, and then and then plug the episode and yeah. Um, tell your listeners that there's also a, you know a giveaway, and they might have a chance to yeah, to win sure. one of these. Yeah, I'm going to enter that giveaway. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have people record like them recreating 
audibly their favorite scenes from the movie. Oh, that's oh, fantastic. Dude, I'm, I'm going to win this. I'm not going to fucking lie. I, I will do the Indianapolis speech. Oh, <laughs> all, you know that Shaw Quinn. made up half of that speech, right? He had to, he totally rewrote the yeah. script. Yeah, he oh. rewrote it as Quinn. It got oh. rewritten three times. I didn't realize that they, because I've never done a whole lot of background on the movie, um, but I didn't realize how much they changed the whole Hooper scene and everything else. And hearing it from him on what happened and how that just completely changed the dynamic of how that movie ends. I was like, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff they left out of the book. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. There's a lot of stuff that, that we didn't talk about, but to be honest, it was stuff that doesn't really involve Joe. So right. it right. was, you know, it's all like castings and stuff like the way that like, um, like Robert Shaw, <laughs> that used to fucking, Rip on Rich, Richard Dreyfus like all day long in front of everybody. He put him. He used to put him down and treat him like shit. You know how, how yeah. old he was in that movie? Like, sure. No, Dreyfus is like twenty six, twenty five. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's so young. He's super baby faced. Like this, is like just two years after Beatty. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Him ripping him had to help with the animosity actually on on camera. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why he did it, and that's okay. literally why he did it. So, that's but he awesome. would he in private he was you know uh, Robert Shaw, very you know very English and theatre and everything. In private, when he just spoke to him away from everybody, and um, uh, Dreyfus was always kind of a bit intimidated anyway because he's such a fucking massive dude. You know, he fought yeah. Sean Connery in James Bond. You know, on the train, right. he's this massive guy. And, um, but he always found it quite intimidating. But then when he was in front of people, he would fucking rip him to shreds. And Dreyfus awesome. is always like, he really knew how to push my buttons and I shouldn't fucking rise to it, but I did because he knew how to push my fucking buttons. <laughs> and, and yeah, it really helped. And there was, apparently there was a time where, um, cause Robert Shaw did like a drink and he came out and he was drinking and he, he pushed Dreyfus too much and Dreyfus just grabbed the drink out of his hand and just threw it over the side of the boat. Oh, <laughs> and, no. And apparently the entire crew just went, oh, no. <laughs> 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 oh, God. I can't remember. There was a scene that happened next where like you could just hear the venom in his voice, but it was because of that moment. And there was another one where he was, he was so hungover that there's a bit where... Um, Hooper's driving the boat and he like basically tells him that he can't sail straight or something. And that, and he was falling out of the fucking fishing chair as you know, that he hooks into the chair to try and like line in the shark. And, um, he like turns around and he's like, ah, whatever the hell is. That was a one take thing because he physically couldn't do any more. But as soon as the (laughs) camera went on and Spielberg yelled action, he was fucking on it delivered this 110% line and then they were like, cut, we got it! And it's like, oh, just slumps in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, uh, God. But yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, uh, this was every, uh, more than I was expecting. Like, I, mm. I was expecting, I was hoping for like a really great interview with, you know, some awesome stories and everything else and this surpassed any of my expectations easily. Yeah, I'm glad, I've got to admit, I'm glad I did the research because I, I watched yeah. a lot of interviews with Joe and he, he loves talking about the shark, like the shark and the production and stuff. And that's why I knew about Quint Shack because I knew it didn't exist, yeah. but I just wanted to lead him to it so he could tell us because I mean, it doesn't matter if I fucking know the guy built a goddamn building and it's like, for me, it's one of the most iconic buildings 
that I've seen because yeah, it's got right. the yeah, it's got the cauldron and all the fucking mouths everywhere yeah. and just hooks and ropes. It's just quintessentially Quint. It's well, just. And the- and you did exactly yeah. what I do anytime I'm getting ready for an interview, which is, yeah, I might know the stuff or I might research this stuff, but that doesn't mean that the listeners know any of it. So I just assume yeah. that they know nothing. So yeah, and I always much rather the person we're talking to like tell the story than me go. Remember when this happened? Remember when this happened? Yeah. Remember when? like we do normally? We just yeah chat shit and just reminisce about how amazing the film was. And you can and, hear the passion in his voice when he would talk about those things too. Like it's still yeah. there. Yeah. I was passionate in his voice when he wanted to get off the fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> one, one thing that that we got that I've never heard him say was that he filmed this scene where the shark is bumping the boat in his driveway. I've never heard yeah. him say that before. That was fucking brand new to me. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that was unreal. Yeah, it blew my goddamn mind when he said that. I was like, I knew the thing about Werner Fields' pool. I knew that, that that was where they had Ben Gardner's head come out. Yeah. Um, and that I love how he's like, yeah, we stole, we took, you know, Stephen yeah. got the camera, we stole the head. Stole and, the head. And <laughs> yeah, because I don't know if you know, but the whole film was actually edited in that pool house because that's where Werner... Werner had her editing set up and they used to call her, I didn't want to say this because she, she, she died not recently, but she died a few years ago. Um, but they used to call her mother cutter. So they used to come <laughs> around her house and she used to cook them all food. And her and Steven Spielberg would go into the pool house and start cutting the movie, like eating sandwiches and shit. She would look after everybody that came oh, wow. and she was just an absolute, like just like a gem of a person, but also like an incredible editor. She got the Oscar for it yeah. for this film. It's fucking, Oh yeah. man. What an amazing team. Did he say that he called the people that made the shark the Magnificent Seven or not? No, he did not. No, because that's what he called them. Because it was, it was like him and like Roy Albergaster, the Wood Brothers and, um, fuck the other three. And, uh, yeah, he, he nicknamed them all the Magnificent Seven because they were the only team that they could put together that could do it on time. Uh, I love with, with any, any of these classic movies like this and Jaws is a perfect example of it is just, how many things went wrong and almost mm. playing into what he was saying, like determination got them through it. And because right. of that, you have this absolutely perfect movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's why, that's why I said it. Cause it's yeah. like, that's what I think, man. It's one of the films that I saw and it made me fall in love with cinema. It was yeah. just like, and, and I was a kid, you know, I mean, I was born in 82. I probably saw it in the early nineties yeah. and I, I, I was terrified. Absolutely, because like what Brian was saying, I'm exactly the same way. I we have a pool, not rich yeah. or nothing. My dad's a builder, so he built our own pool um, in my parents' house. And when I was a kid, I remember being about twelve, and I used to, if it was really hot summer, I would used to go down before I went to bed, and I used to swim at night and just cool off and then go to bed. But the water would be black. I wanted to tell the story on the show, but we were yeah. we're all into it, and it's not about us. So, yeah, <laughs> um, but. I used to swim around and it used to be like the water used to be black and getting into that black fucking water every time I would just in oh, my yeah. mind see the shark coming up and eating me. And it was a pool that I helped build. Right. <laughs> like, well, that's like Brian fuck? texted me and, he's, and we were, uh, he just says, Hey, are, are you a fan of Jaws? And I was like, well, I can't go in the ocean or swimming pools anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and he was, and we started going back and forth and we both, you know, it seems like everyone has, that this movie has affected has that that feeling and that story. Like I told Brian, I was like, I can go in a pool. I don't have a problem going in a pool, but if I put my head underwater, 
mm. I hear that that John Williams music in my head, and I have to come back up. I can't be under there. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's, I was I was swimming. Um, I was off of a boat in Thailand on this little island, and I was swimming, and they put feed in the in the water, and all these like tropical fish come around you, and fucking sea tails and shit. It was awesome, and. And they were like, okay, we're going to like leave you in the water for like half an hour. You can do what you like. Just don't swim too far away from the boat. And they were like, okay, cool. We all had like life preservers on and stuff, so we didn't go, yeah. couldn't go drown. And I, I swam about I don't know, 25, 30 feet away from the boat. And I was like looking through my snorkel down at the, the seabed because I could see it. And there was, <laughs> came across this like crack in the fucking rocks. And it was full. And I don't want to exaggerate of about a hundred sea enemies sorry sea urchins like those big spiky is, black things yeah and then I, and I was like oh god that's really fucked up that's terrifying and then I went a little bit further about another 10 feet further and that rock um like ground just dropped like a sheer oh. like a sheer cliff yeah. into uh, I, I probably see about 100 feet and then just darkness and I just went <laughs> And then I just, just like you, heard the fucking noise, and I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> Swam back to the boat, got the fuck out of the water, took off my life preserver, got a beer, and just started drinking. <laughs> it's all, you know, being uh, being seven, and that was just huge. All the T-shirts are out. Everybody, you know, Jaws was the quintessential, one of the first summer blockbuster movies, right? It's the first. So everybody's first. talking about it. Mom, Dad, where are you going? We're we're gonna see Jaws. I want to come. No, right? So they were good enough parents to say no. Although I thought it was funny, as Kevin PG-13? Smith. PG thirteen. Huh? Was it a PG thirteen? That's right, wasn't it? PG. Yeah, I thought it was rated R when it came out. There, no. there. Yeah, there was no. No, it was PG, but there was PG was very um, uh, not what it is today. There was no such oh. thing as PG thirteen. And there's blood, no. tits at the beginning. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. they said my dad had read the book and he's like, You're not seeing this movie. I'm like, I really want to see it. No. He came I came he, they came back in the house and you know, babysitter they're paying the baby. How was it? How was it? I'm not seeing this fucking movie, right? And so um <laughs> it comes out on T V and he wouldn't let me watch it on T V and then we get the videotape and then, you know, it's a couple years later and I'm just like, Come on, I wanna watch Okay. But I get the fast forward through uh certain parts. Like he fast forwarded through the um head through the yeah, the Ben Gardner head. Ben Gardner head. I couldn't see that. And I remember the the quintessential chum in the water Brody scene, which is oh, unbelievably not... scary. My dad's oh. like, wait for it. I'm like, what? what? Boom! I shit myself. Oh, my God. The, the, the weird thing is, right, the strange thing is that like, I know like a lot of horror films and stuff nowadays, because I wouldn't really – Jaws is kind of a horror, but it's also kind of like a thriller sort of thing like it's just suspenseful but so many horror films now they're all about jump scares and the amazing thing that i will never i don't understand i don't know how it works but like i know this stuff is coming but the timing is so odd still gets you yeah of the sound effects and the what like the way that ben garda's head kind of you see it you see it already it comes out of the shadows and then it kind of bumps and then comes up and then you get the noise and then you get like, you know, Hooper's reaction and everything. But just like, you see it happening, you've seen it a million times and it kind of bumps and then you shit yourself. And it's yeah. like, you, and, and like you're saying, Scott, with the shark, you see oh. it coming out of the water before it even breaks the surface. You see it come to the top. So you know that it's there. It's still fucking terrifying. I don't yeah. care. 
Well, you get the double whammy because you know something that the uh, character does not. Mm, So you are afraid before Brody gets afraid. And then when he goes and gets afraid, I am equally as afraid. And I think, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, they extended that scene because people were screaming over the I got to get a bigger boat line, which was so phenomenal. So they had to extend that reaction. Yeah. Just so they could keep it, but people were screaming their fucking brains out. I know, um, <laughs> and that's great cinema. That's just great. Oh, love it. Love so it. I, I looked it up real quick here. Uh, so it's fun. I wanted to look up what the rating was, and it was PG. And like I said, back then PG, you got away with a lot more with PG back then than you ever would today. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, today, Jaws would definitely be R-rated, even if you released it the exact same way. Oh God, yeah. For um. Sure. But it was funny, uh, Dan. Uh, you were mentioning that it's 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 not really a horror. It's it it's also, but it's also a bit of a thriller. Mm. Me looking that up, its designation is thriller slash horror. Yes, <laughs> it was rated by AMC as the scariest movie of all time. It had like a hundred movies, and it uh, Exorcist was two, and Jaws was number one. This was about eight years ago or so. Well, because it's so real, like up, you but, feel yeah. like it's because of the things we were just talking about. Like it affects you personally. Like I love the exorcist. That's my favorite horror movie, but I don't worry about, you know, okay, maybe I do worry about going into dark rooms and thinking that there's going to be a a demon possessed person in there. But (laughs) I do worry about a shark in the damn water. (laughs) Yeah. There's only one bit of the exorcist that ever actually scared me, which is it's a really cool scene. It's fucking genius. It's a shot that kind of, um, I think it pans round and then you see the mum walking away from the door down the corridor and the camera yes. just kind of stops. And then there's like a frame of the door with the light down the corridor and the mum down there. And then on the wall on the left hand side in the darkness is like a kind of it's not embossed, but it's like a slightly different shade of black of the uh, one of the images from all the fucking crazy devil imagery. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like embossed on the wall. And that scared the living shit out of me. Not a jump scare, but I just suddenly noticed it. And I was like, oh, that's creepy as all fuck. <laughs> so I have, I have a terrifying. A, I have a short exorcist story that will also creep you out. So, uh, right, let me, college. let me, let me take a wee first because I okay. will piss myself right off. Yeah, you will definitely. <laughs> did you, um, did you check out the cursed films series on, yes. uh, Shudder? Yeah, that yeah. was an amazing, well, they're all amazing, but that was amazing. I, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You won't believe what I experienced with watching the exorcist one time. So, um, and that, and I had witnesses too. So <laughs> sweet. <laughs> um, they still bring it up to this day, and I'm like, yeah, that 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 night was like the worst, one of the worst nights of my life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this this whole interview thing was just amazing. Thank you, Brian, for inviting me. I was oh my glad. god, yeah. Um, she says we will definitely reach out with any opportunity. I just sent her an email, and she got right back to me. That's awesome. She's like, she wants to know if I can send her a copy of the recording so she she can share it with the client. Oh, oh very great. Cool. Uh, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was her I was talking with through email, and I guess that Nick guy was the one that connected the phone call. Okay. I almost got, and I haven't heard back, so it's probably not going to happen. But <gasps> reached out to me, and they were doing interviews with Pablo Schreiber and somebody yeah, but- else from that Defending Jacobs show. Oh wow! 
And so I said, yeah, I'd be interested. And I just haven't heard back. They probably gotcha. listened. I still need to finish that. That's incre- That's an incredible series. Holy yeah. Shit. I'm not through it either. And everybody that's like watched it is just like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I watched the first three episodes that dropped. Oh, sure. Yeah. Dan, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Dude, they won't ship internationally. Ah, well, it doesn't matter. All right, I just I'll, like, just, I'll no. just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably still put an entry in anyway for fun. Yeah, I'll just be for like, the fun of it. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll throw you. I, I'll be like, Dan's a fucking winner, but they won't ship internationally. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it. It's crazy, man, because Quint is just like my granddad. Like my grand my granddad's not as tall as him. Like he's like my height. He's about six foot, but he sounds just like him, <laughs> and he even has the little like pencil mustache. And oh, and he's he's a farmer, so he's like, you know, really looks like rugged with fucking giant hands and shit. <laughs> he's just like him. They always reminded me of my granddad, Quinn did. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, what was the uh, story, Joe? Okay, so the, the story is, uh, so I'm in college uh, and uh-huh. we're living in the dorms, and there's, uh, it was a suite type dorm, so you had your living room, and you had the bedrooms branching off of that. So uh-huh. I was known for being up really late at night. So my friends all went. To, uh, to bed and like an idiot it's like two o'clock in the morning i'm like i'll watch the exorcist by myself in the middle of the night brilliant so, yeah you know absolutely that's a good, brilliant it's a good start to the night this can't end anything but good continue right, right. so uh i'm laying there on the couch and we have this painting that uh is put up with double-sided tape on the wall uh really like really heavy duty double-sided tape and it's got four Four bits on each corner, you know? I already know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I'm already setting it up for what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So I'm partway through the movie, and she's starting to become possessed and everything else. And, and what sparked my thought was you mentioning the faces appearing and everything else. Mm. This painting comes off the wall, <laughs> right. lands on me, which makes me jump in front <laughs> of the television. I land right in front of the television, right when Linda Blair's face is on the screen with oh. that demonic face thing going on. God, yeah. And I am freaked the fuck out. I don't sleep the rest of that night. I like I'm in the corner on a in a chair when my roommates all get up and come out and they're like, "What's going on?" And they they have told me like you were sitting there like rocking yourself. Like I was there all night awake, shake myself. Now here's the freaky part about it. I didn't go towards the painting. I didn't go back to anything. Obviously, I turned the movie off and I was done for the night. Mm. They go and check the painting. The This had a wooden frame around it. Yeah. There was tape still on the wall that had wooden splinters on it, as if this thing had been ripped off the wall. Oh, shit. Nice. Then, without putting any more tape on it, they didn't add anything else to it. They stuck it back up on the wall. It stayed there the whole rest of the year. Wow. And then we That's had to tear, and then we had to tear it off at the end of the year because we couldn't leave it there. We had wow. to tear it off. It didn't come off easily. Dude, that's this thing. Up. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's they, awesome. Cause they were like, Hey, Ryan, check this out. We can't even get the damn thing off. I go, you guys just shut up and get away from me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't beat that. But when I was watching Saw 2 with yeah. my dad, I was wearing a tank top and a fucking Spider the size of a half dollar fell on my fucking shoulder. <laughs> oh god! 
And I fucking freaked the hell out. And my dad thought it was because I was scared of the movie. Oh, man. <laughs> this fucking huge ass spider on my fucking bare shoulder. Oh, Christ. <laughs> a we, big black spider. We had, I had a, a very similar spider story, but I was actually watching Arachnophobia with Cat oh. on, on our sofa. But it didn't land on me, right? We were watching it. And I, and I, was, I said to her, I was like, you ever seen the film? And she said, no, I don't remember. I don't, she was like, I think my parents wouldn't let me watch it. And I was like, I was like, well, it's kind of, it's, it's not good if you don't like spiders, but it's not that bad. And I don't fucking like spiders. I hate them. Yeah, and we were watching it, go halfway through, got to the bit where all the little baby spiders are coming down trying to kill that old lady. And the biggest fucking house spider I've ever seen inside a building that I've been in just came running from underneath our telly. So we have like a, <laughs> we have like a, we have like a, like a, you know, like a TV unit, like a wooden TV unit. And oftentimes spiders go underneath it, especially in the winter. And this fucking giant ass, hairy, fucking half palm sized spider came coming out of the fucking darkness, come straight oh. towards us. And we both shit ourselves. Oh, sure. Absolutely shit ourselves. But um, you that's, like, about okay, the, that's like 3D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were saying about the, the, the Linda Berth, like demon face when it like goes yeah. against the yeah. telly, right? Yeah. My, my, uh, we used to go to this, my friend's house, his name, uh, my friend's house, his name's Tim. Um, he used to live above his parents' garage. So it was like the only place we could party like all night. This is when I was about 18. And, um, I was hanging out with him during the day and it was the night after a party. Everyone had left. So we locked up and we left. And then we hanging out, we had some lunch, and we came back. And when we came back, this is the weirdest fucking shit, came upstairs, and I heard him go, like that. And I was like, what the fuck's wrong? And he said, oh, my God, come up here, come up here. And I was like, all right, then. So I went up the stairs, and someone had gotten um, his clothes and stuffed them full of, like, pillows and socks, and they'd made, like, a little effigy like a full-size human Jeez. effigy with a hat and everything, and then they put it on a beanbag that sat in the middle of the room looking at the telly, and the telly had that exact moment oh. from the exorcist paused on it. And that's what he fucking walked into. And I, I mean, I know I said the exorcist bit was scary and everything, but that was... I was like, how the fuck did anybody get in here? I was like, I don't fucking know. It was like, no one else has got a key except yeah. for me and my mum. And I was like... Okay, <laughs> so, let's go back outside. <laughs> like, right, someone, no was fucking, someone was fucking with him. We never found out who it was. Well, never I'll, t- I'll tell you, arachnophobia ruined me being able to just sit on a toilet seat at any moment because <laughs> I've only seen the movie once. I hate spiders, but just that one scene, even though nothing happened, that one scene of the spider crawling underneath the toilet seat. Yeah. I have to lift up every toilet seat now before I sit down. Oh, God. I just have to. <laughs> So that's, that's funny. I'm gonna get going, guys. Yeah, I, yeah. me too. I've got work. Me too. So we need to go. Right. Thank right. you so much. You all did such a fantastic job. Thank you. Thank oh, you thanks for the opportunity. It was great. Yeah. yeah Hopefully awesome. we'll be able to do something like this again. So okay, sure. sounds yeah. awesome. All right. Cool. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye. Yeah, uh, Robert texted me saying I, the deal with my wife was that I would be done at 11 o'clock. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so that's why we wrapped oh, it up fine. really fast. I was like, I started going into the story, and then I was like, I get the text from Robert. I was like, okay, so that's what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Not that, I mean, I figured I didn't want to cut you short on that point, but at the same yeah, yeah. time, I was like, we'll have, we'll have a chance to talk about it more over the next 30 days. Oh, yeah. Anyway, but then, um, 
Yeah, so I was like, I told I'm glad you texted last night because you're like, hey, can you still do this? And we were just sitting down for dinner. I'm like, Lord, I just remind you, I told Ryan I would do this, and I'm not backing out on this one. Right. <laughs> and she was like, all right, all right. So then tonight, my actually my sister's in town and their family's visiting. Gotcha. And I was like, okay, I got I got it. Everybody, look, I love you all, <laughs> but I told Ryan I would do this, and they're like, all right, but. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'll be done by eleven. Don't worry, I'll be done no. by eleven. And, and like, that's to- right. yeah, yeah, that's and that's totally fine. No, I like I said, I greatly appreciate it because, uh, and and I was, I actually said I was like, this is really. I was thinking I was talking to Chuck, and I was like, this is really important if. Robert backs out. There better be like emergency happening. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I can no, do no. the show by myself, but it's it's so much better when uh, for something like this that to have somebody yeah, else especially. asking the yeah. question. No, I, I definitely knew that. I wanted to make yeah. sure I was here. So, yeah. all right, cool, Joe, Joel. Oh man, it's so great getting to chat with you. And yeah, you kind of virtually getting to meet. Uh, that'd be awesome if we get a chance to get together sometime at a show or something. Yeah, for definitely. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, so. All right, Robert, well, say hi to the family for me. And, All right, we'll do. And uh, take care. All right, you guys have a good night. You too. Right, you too. Bye. 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 All right, Joel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're good. Uh, do you have anything? Wait. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to mention or. So were you going to talk about that Hasbro Pulse stuff that popped up today? We were going to, but uh, – then Robert's like, I can't stick around, but we can. If I was just curious. To. No, I was just curious if that's what you were going to talk <laughs> yes, about. Cause yes. I was also like, something's going on with the toy industry right now. Yeah. Yeah. And they're ruining it. Yes. And it, I mean, everybody. Yeah. There's too much coming out. Yeah. At too many different places and no one can get it. Right. Yeah. What is going on? And that, and that's the big thing is I don't know what's going on. Well, so I know that Joe hasn't had really good, success in the past so i think right. hasbro's having some difficulty getting retailers to stock their shelves with stuff which is why they're offering ex- so much exclusive stuff but right. the stores are obviously not buying enough stuff because the pre-orders are selling out like like today's thing target sold out in less than a minute well pre-orders. i saw did you see what NECA posted no Necco posted a thing that um, because the turtle stuff is having the same problem that they're oh, yeah. doing. Yeah. I even the guy who's running that section is a friend of mine from college. Like, okay. So I don't even have an in to get toys. Like, I can't even get them that way. Wow. <laughs> um, but I guess they are going and overhauling their whole system and like putting in new things to fight bots and slow things down. I guess people are getting in with bots and buying everything. Well, and that's what happened today was bots totally bought them all, and then you would see them on eBay. I think the Baroness figure was like supposed to be like forty bucks because she came with a motorcycle yeah. and stuff like that, and it's already on eBay for like one hundred and sixty bucks. Like, and someone what listed, is, and some, and one person listed three of them. What a disaster! Right, and it's and it's across the board because it's with Transformers. I would say it's yeah. Transformers, Marvel Legends, everything. There's Star just too Wars, many of these of weird pre-orders going up. Yep, like just Marvel Legends today, they announced like fifty different figures or something stupid. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, granted, I don't buy everything, but like I no, can't but, even get the but, Transformers that I'm trying to get. Like, yeah, I was gonna say there's certain ones that I want to have, and they and there's just it's just not possible. Um, yeah. And and I agree. Also, they're coming out with too much too quickly. Like they they announced this GI Joe classified line, and they had like I think what four or five figures from the initial wave. There was like 
four yep. Joes and one Cobra figure. And I was like, okay, that's good. That's a reasonable start. And then next thing you know, it's like, okay, by the way, this figure's coming out. And by the way, this figure's coming out. And this figure's Well, not to out, mention, there's three, there's two Snake Eyes, two different kinds. Right. There are three Cobra Commanders now. Two Destros. Uh, two Destros. Two um, Roadblocks. Baronesses, two Roadblocks. Yeah. What? It, it's just, it's too much too quickly. And don't even get... We started on the three and three quarter thing that they just threw out. Oh there. yeah, that whole that's to, th- why they call that a retro line. I don't know because <laughs> it has the old card art. Yeah, that's that's, that's it, and they're just trying to jump on. <laughs> but they did so much other stuff right, like that Ghostbusters yeah. line. If you could actually find it, it's pretty great. Oh yeah, it looks fantastic. I um, actually the, the plasma series is good too. Like I. Those are cool. That's not a retro thing, but you know. No, but it's still a cool uh, line. Yeah. Well, and that's thing, like, find it. Yeah, I've got the diamond uh, uh, select figures of the Ghostbusters where you could build the the rooftop scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'll take it. Actually, it's like right here. I'll literally take a picture and send you my Ghostbusters uh, nice. <laughs> uh, sideboard here. Um, but it's if I didn't have those, I would totally want to get the ones that just came out uh, that are really nice. I mean, like, I don't keep my stuff in the box. Like, I take them yeah, out. Whatever. I don't either. But, but that's not everybody. No. You know, I, and this is obviously a collector's line. Like, it's right. coming out for a certain audience. Yeah. And uh, they're, I have, for lack of a better term, screwing the pooch. Yeah. Well, I have, like, I have the Ghost, so the Kenner the Kenner retro-style Ghostbusters figures, I'm keeping those in the package because I like the package. That's why I got oh, them. Oh, yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Um, and then the only other Ghostbusters thing I have in the package is the Ecto-1 Transformer. Okay, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, ideally, I wanted to get a second one to take one out of the package and transform it into the robot, but the package just looks so awesome that I'm just like, I want to just keep it in there. Yeah, um, I don't keep boxes very often, but I did take that one out and keep the box. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. So I was like, but yeah, most of the time my toys come out, they come out of the package, so they need to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For sure. But yeah, it's I just don't know what is happening that... I don't know if there's a surge in demand that wasn't there before and Hasbro wasn't ready for it or stores just aren't wanting, aren't willing to commit to buying more. The thing I don't get to is from a, from a logical marketing standpoint, okay, first wave gets released. It sells out like crazy. Why, why would you not go back to manufacturing that wave again so that you can get more product out instead? They're like, okay, that wave's done. Okay. Um, Onto the next wave. I'm like, but as far as I'm concerned, a pre-order should be infinite. I agree. That's yes. That is. Or maybe there's a cutoff date. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So here's my thought when it comes to like Maddie Collector was like when I would get the He-Man toys like that, or or, uh, Super Sevens doing stuff with the Thundercats. You know what I mean? In this day and age, you can't tell me they can't do this. So my thought is, okay, pre-order starts on let's say July, like our Kickstarter, July 25th, and let's say the figure gets released. September 15th. Let's say between July 25th and September 15th, you know that you can make X amount of figures. So if that's the case, then anyone that orders, once you reach, let's say it's 50,000, you can make 50,000 figures by uh, September 15th. Any, uh, as soon as you reach that 50,000th mark, what they do nowadays is, okay, you're sold out. What they should do is any orders that come in that are 50,001 plus, okay, you have a new release date 
for your yes. order. You're still guaranteed to get one. You have one. to schedule factory time. Like, I get right. that. Like, yeah. I've been in that world. Yeah. And I know that they're planning this stuff way ahead of time. Yeah. But they know, and I think some of it might be a response to not having Toys R Us, too. Sure. And, like, some of that kind of thing. But, but it's like, on, guys. But people it's don't like, have the money, I don't think, right, right now, either. But just, like, let it... Let it be available as a pre-order all the way up till September 14th. It's just that if you order, 100%. if you order by that date and they've already gotten through the first 50,000, then you just have a new date that's set for you for when you're, you're still going to get it. You're still guaranteed to get it. It's just yours is coming out later. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here feeling like I'm a crazy person watching this shit happen. And I'm yeah. like, how, there are better ways. You're and not creating interest. You're turning people away right now. Right. Absolutely. And it's and and then the flip side of it too is um, the thing. The one of the things I was going to mention on the show too, and it's just something I can mention in a future episode or whatever. Or I could just put this out because it's still recording. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could put it out. Been bugging me, and I was yeah, like, yeah. Man. No, for sure. But um, but the the thing is too is that um, you get the people that then start picking on people that are upset about this. Right. And and it's like, okay, well, if you're a collector and you care about this stuff, then why would you harass and bully people that are upset that this is happening to them? Because I've seen it on a lot of these groups where they're just like, oh, you bunch of crybabies, you bunch of whiners and stuff like that. We actually had someone on Star Joe's in the group page that did did that. Made it, Somebody was posting about how they were upset about this thing and other people chimed in and talked about you know, their experience and everything else is what is just the way it should be. You know, misery loves company. And this one person chimed in and was just like, I love hearing all you guys whine about it and stuff like this is great for me. And I said, Hey, we don't talk like that in this group. We don't, you know, you can do that in other groups. That doesn't happen here. Um, these people have a right to be upset about it. Uh, and if they want to talk about it, they should, you shouldn't be picking on them for it. Um, and the guy pushed back and I let him know further, like, no, this is not acceptable. And he pushed back more, so he got removed from the group, and he got blocked. And he then well, that's a really uh, limited point of view on his point uh, on his end too, because it's a bigger thing than just way I didn't get my toy. Right. It's it's uh this could you know in an industry that's already pushing price limits because of uh, you know oil and all that, yeah. or however much production costs and all this stuff, um, you know you're going to drive a lot of people away. Right. You're going to damage the brand at the end we of the day. Go give all these vintage toy shops our money and buy all these toys. We already love that. You're trying to feed off of our nostalgia from anyway. Right. right. I'm still missing a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh yeah, for sure. And one, the way I look at it too, is not only that, which absolutely a hundred percent valid, but with everything, because this is the other thing I see in some of the things like with everything going on, this is the thing you're going to bitch about and everything else. And I'm like, with everything going on, this is our escape from everything going on. Yeah. So yeah. let us. So if we're upset about it, it's because they're taking away that escape from us. They're they're making they're adding. They're, if nothing else, they're adding to the problems that we're facing right now and not letting us escape from the things that are going on. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I was talking about the quantity of things coming out. I think you know, a lot of people probably can't afford all the stuff either, I agree. especially if they're not working or if they're yeah. working less or like whatever. I totally um, agree. Yeah, and it's it, just it's a quagmire. Yeah, it is, and and when it when it should be a time that we're excited for some of these things, especially Joe, which hasn't really had anything in years. Oh um, man, 
Yeah, uh, and and everyone was super excited when they saw the Snake Eyes figure get released, uh, the pictures and everything else, and yeah. they were like, okay, maybe this line's going to be awesome and stuff like that. Um, and then to have it start devolving into this, it's just like, to your point, it's going to turn people away. It has yeah. turned people away, so... I can understand people not loving some of the designs or whatever. Sure. Um, I think some are better than others. I don't hate them as much as I think a lot of people do. I am the but same way, yeah. it is definitely more a quantity problem yeah. than a quality problem at the moment. I agree. Yeah, like, I'm not a big fan of the new uh, the new Roadblock. I, number one, I don't think we needed another one already. But, yeah. <laughs> but I also was just like, I don't really get this design. I don't get where it's coming from or anything like that. It's not a figure I'm interested in. However... The other figures I saw, the Baroness figure looked awesome. I don't need the motorcycle, but the figure looked amazing. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Cobra Trooper looked incredible, yeah. and and Beachhead looked awesome too. Like if I'm yeah. if I'm basing Beachhead off of the toy I had as a kid, the green could be a little darker, but that's a nitpick, and I think the green is perfectly fine that he has. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I didn't like was the beret because I was like, "What the hell?" But yeah, the beret's weird. Yeah, but but you don't have to have the beret on it; it's not molded onto him. So I was like, right. so I was just like, okay, I put that beret on some other figure, or just put it in a drawer someplace. But uh, but he looks awesome. So well, and they've even come out and said they're gonna. I mean, and they're doing it already. They're gonna release a lot of versions of the characters, yeah. special mission versions, classic versions. With like the first Storm Shadow they showed is. For what the Ninja Force version yeah, or whatever yeah. it was, you know. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. It's kind of cool. I think it's it looks. Yeah, I think it looks cool. I have the do- yeah. Dollar General version of him. That's one of the ones I had when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so I'm I'm looking forward to that figure. Uh, I think the whole reason they went with that version was because it was an ex- uh, Amazon exclusive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So because they want to save the regular version of Storm Shadow for just the general Hasbro release. Um, yep. so that, that's my guess at least. Um, but I think it's a cool looking figure. I, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't do itself justice because when it sits in the packaging, the, the cowl part of it is up a little bit high, but I've yes. seen pictures of it outside of the package and it sits like it should sit and it looks really well. Awesome, and it moves so. with the head really well. Yes. Uh, I saw a video of it. It looked great. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I just wish they could kind of get their app together and like I saw someone posted a poll asking like who do you blame for this stuff and like the top thing was scalpers um, which I do blame scalpers for the fact that it sold out so fast um, but I I blame Hasbro and the retailers a, a bit it's a little bit of both because I know the retailers were he- are hesitant about the toy lines but I also feel like Hasbro could be doing a better job of of a strategy I feel like they're still following strategies that were set in place like 10 15 years ago yeah. So. Well, and I don't think it's a separate toy line, I guess, but like Walmart's not helping either. Like, no. Uh, like you said, the retailers, the masters of the WWE universe toys that are out right now yeah. that are this like weird precursor to the Origins figures coming out, the He Man Origins. Um, I'm afraid I'm never going to be able to get these things. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I-, I have found three and the ring for the, the wrestling versions. Um, and that's it. Yeah, it's that's and, crazy. Yeah, and I'm I'm more selective nowadays because I have too much stuff. So the things I do get, oh, it's, yeah. it's because I've really contemplated: is this something I really want to get? And then I go, oh yeah, this is something I really want to get, and then I can't get it. <laughs> so it's uh, crazy. So it's 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 a bad situation. Um, but 
Um, yeah, I don't know. They they obviously have a PR nightmare that's going on right now, so they need to fix that. Um, and I think, again, we go back to what we were talking about earlier. I think it was just too much too fast. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why they why they did that. So. And it's every company, man. Like the floodgates are open. It is. It it's is. insanity. It is. And you can't keep up with all of it. And I remember seeing, like, so many cool figures last year at San Diego Comic Con. I saw, like, I didn't wasn't there, but I saw, you know, kept up with what was going on and saw all these images. Oh, yeah. And, like, I saw, like, Defenders of the Earth and Bill and mm. Ted, uh, excellent adventure figures and Back to the yep. Future cartoon figures and stuff like that. And I'm like, all oh, this looks awesome. And But then the second I saw all of it, I was like, and I can't afford all of this. <laughs> no. <laughs> as much as I would like to, I cannot afford all this, nor can I find spaces for all of this. So, Oh, man, I still don't know where I'm putting Snake Mountain and Unicron. So... <laughs> the kids don't need their bed, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure Duke would be more than happy to sleep next to them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, well, I'm right, going to let you talking go. Good talking to you. Absolutely. I am... Uh, I'm working a half day on Thursday and I'm off all day Friday um, cool. just to do some last minute touch ups on the Kickstarter and everything else. Uh, Jamie actually took all the photos that everyone sent. I actually got a photo from Alex. I was shocked. Oh, nice. So, uh, so initially I had put in there cause I didn't hear back from her. Uh, I had put in there like a photo not submitted. Um, but she, she ended up sending it and she actually said, because in my email I said, I hope there's no hard feelings, you know, by asking her, not asking her to come back to the project. Right. Um, <laughs> and she said, no, I understand. She goes, I, I kind of made that for myself. So, um, well, that's good. That's yeah. good that she responded. That's yeah, nice. absolutely. And so she sent the photo. Uh, I will send her the link, uh, for the project. Once we launch, uh, if she wants to share it with people, she can, uh, it's still going to have some of her artwork. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so Jamie, so since we had all the photos, Jamie was able to put them together and kind of put the little, um, designy type thing to have them all, f- have everyone featured just little, little f- pictures. Um, yeah. and, uh, I still had the photos from you that you sent before. So oh, you yeah. used yeah. one of those and, uh, and then we're going to, she's going to do follow that same template for doing little things, uh, for each section of the Kickstarter. So like the story, the, um, uh, the rewards, things like that. So she'll have all awesome. that there. So, and yeah, I think part of my day tomorrow is going to be putting together some like a social media plan of my own, just cool. to have something to put up. Maybe every day. Cool. I'd like to be able to put something up every day. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what I can do. Yeah, I have to. I have to kind of do the same thing and figure out what I'm going to put up each day, um, as much as I can. Like you said, it might not be every day, but I'm going to try to do something each day if I can. Yeah, and I'm going to try and do a test of uh, maybe mirroring my screen for the live cool. uh, art thing. That's why I didn't mention it, because I haven't tried it yet. Sure, yeah, that's fine. So, Yeah, and once you get that going, obviously I'm going to be trying to do as many Star Joe's episodes as I can between now and the end of it. So, for sure. So uh, once you've tested it out and it seems like it's working and you're good to go with that, I will mention that on an episode. Uh, and then, of course, I'll share it on the Star Joe's page and Stealth Hammer oh, yeah. and stuff like that, too. Um, awesome. one, one thing about the creators, I forgot to mention this. So this was funny. So <clears throat> we're putting all that together and somebody, I mentioned it to somebody and somebody was just like, oh, so is, uh, Jamie going to be on there? And I was like, you know, I didn't even think about that. And, <laughs> and not just because she's the inspiration for it, 
but she right. designed the logo, the title page. I would say, yeah, she's the graphic designer for sure. Right, and she's doing the interior, like she's going to do the interior credit page and stuff like that. She's going to help me with all that type of stuff. Plus, she's going to help me with the behind-the-scene book. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we should probably put her on there as one of the creators. And uh, and it was funny because I meant, and when I met the person, I think we were both, Jamie was there when the person mentioned it, and she's like, she goes, I didn't think of it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get so into it, you know yeah. what I mean? And, like, you guys are working on it constantly, so you don't think of that. You right. Well, and she's sure just, she's just, yeah, and she's, well, and she's just thinking of it as she's helping me. She right. doesn't think about it as being, like, something that she's actually a part of. So, right. um, so that's, that's why, it, so, yeah, so she's, she's on there and she's just, like, initially the thought was I was going to put me first and then her, like, last. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it makes more sense for you to, for me to put her right next to me. Cause then it's husband and wife and sure. And then we got a father and daughter on there and it just, it just kind of flowed better. So I was just like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then you're right after her. And then I have Alex after you. And then I have the colorist, uh, so I have Ross there and then I have the flatters after that. And then I have Dave, uh, last on there. And Dave's picture is hilarious cause he's in a band. Um, oh, nice. I don't know if you ever looked up pictures of him, but he's, um, He's he's not what you'd expect as some well I guess he is someone you'd expect to work in comics he would get along great with Greg Capullo if you ever seen what Greg Capullo oh, yeah. looks like yeah yep. so yep. The, they would be best buds um, that's awesome but I've heard he's like the nicest guy in the world and so far my interactions with him have proven that so um, yeah so it should be good um, but yeah everything seems to be rolling along really well and uh, like I said I mentioned before we started recording I had the uh, printing quote from. Uh, ONS and it was better than what I found at other places. So awesome, um, awesome. So and their quality should be really good from from Robert's recommendation of them. So it's people that work in the industry. So yeah, so they know what it should be like. Um, so yeah. well, I'll have to get their information from you because I'm gonna have to reprint books at some point because they all got stolen oh, out of geez. my uh, other writer's car. That stinks. They stole our table skirt. Our banners, like everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. I will Our tell you. Stock. I will tell you. Their low quant. So I don't know what type of quantity you're looking for. Their low quant- quantity stuff is probably higher. Yeah. Is probably higher. Than okay, what it's other more high are. quantity. Got it. Yeah, because when I I sent them a for a quote of a hundred and because mm-hmm. I said a hundred of and two fifty because I was thinking we'll need about two fifty of the regular issue at least um, and. Uh, and they sent me a quote for the hundred, and the the quote for a hundred was almost the same, was very close to the same as what it would be for two hundred and fifty. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay. So, but then I ended up clarifying to them that what I was looking to do was um, have two hundred and fifty of one cover and a hundred of the other cover, and they're like, oh, actually, we can get you a better deal then. And they can run all the interiors, yeah. The, all the interiors are the same. They just have to do a, uh, a plate for just the cover difference. So it is offset then? Yeah, yeah. So That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I only have ever done digital uh, of my own comics. Yeah, so. yeah. So they're, digital printing. Yeah, yeah. So they're, But, yeah, so they the price was even better then. Um, and then the only thing that really kind of killed is the shipping uh, costs oh, and yeah. everything else. But. It is what it is. So, yep. Um, but all right, my friend. Well, thank cool. you very much for doing this. Yeah, it was fun. fun. Thanks. Yeah, um, and you're and you're welcome to come on anytime you want. So uh, if if you, I can always let you know when we're doing an episode, and if you want to jump on, you're you're always welcome to. So 
it's sweet. Yeah, it's always fun to get to talk to people about this kind of stuff. So Absolutely. But usually I'm talking to a four-year-old and a yeah. nine-year-old. So. Yeah, well, that's why <laughs> Which we Which is great. Doing... Don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. I get that, yeah. But it's like I, I get to talk to my wife who doesn't understand any of this stuff and doesn't want to right. understand it. She understands <laughs> the comic stuff, but she doesn't want to understand Star Wars. Like she, the episode I did for uh, with Sarlacc Digest, she listened to the beginning of it because that's when I talked about the podcast and the comic. And I said, yep. did you listen to the later on when I talked about this? And she goes, I didn't listen to any of that Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought it was really good. I thought it was super interesting. And, uh, and I don't know. Yeah. It was great. I was sitting there working and it was uh, super entertaining. So Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with those guys. Uh and uh Scott already reached out to me. He says, Yeah, we gotta coordinate something for during the campaign to have you on again. So Very cool. So and I'm recording another episode on Thursday night, uh, with uh a guy, Mike Blanchard, who does uh Geekcast Radio. So okay. um so Sweet. Yeah, and I've reached out to a few other shows that I know, uh, and they're going to mention it on their show. They've had me on already, and I said, you don't have to have me on again, but if you'll mention it so this way people um, uh, will be reminded of it and check it out. Yeah. So, um, so they've those people have reached out, and then there's one or two shows I haven't heard back, so I'm going to reach out to them one more time. And it's people I know, so I would think I would have heard back from them. So Cool. All right, man. Well, ha- have a good night. You too, man. Talk to you later.